0: what's going on everyone today is february 6 2024 my name is anthony santini you are tuned in to the invested in hockey podcast i'm joined here with eric wilson and today we're going to be talking about the nhl and what was a very productive weekend pretty solid weekend i mean that was an amazing all-star game i'd say oh yeah
1: an entire weekend absolutely amazing 10 out of 10 in my eyes i don't know if anyone
0: has any disagreements with that but all positives in my head yeah, that was definitely a one of the better All-Star games that we've seen in a couple years. Obviously, there's been a couple All-Star games that have kind of stood out, like especially that John Scott. There's a lot of talk of that this weekend, but I'd say all around the All-Star game went well. Like there was a lot of implications to it, like a little bit of a, you know, sense of reward for some players obviously, like Connor McDavid winning that million dollars, but we're going to kind of break down and take a look at everything that you know, happen in the all-star game, what we thought about it and what they can kind of do as we look not for next year, but the year after that, if there will be an all-star game and what uh, that might look like. But without further ado, let's kind of look at how our weekend started before that all-star game. So wh- what did we get up to this weekend?
1: Uh, you know what? Honestly, starting off on Friday. Um, nice to get out, get out of the house. Uh, at night, I wore a Willie Jersey out, uh, there we go. went out for the night with a couple of guys, uh, including you. And, uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh Worked a bit this weekend, just the usual, and then kind of just got ready for the week. Uh, it's already been a productive week, but I know there's a lot ahead, so how about you?
0: Yeah, it was chill. I mean, like you mentioned, that party, obviously, you wore the Nylander jersey, which is pretty sweet, that number 88, but it was cool because usually every dude that goes to a party, they just want to throw on, like, a simple sports jersey, and it kind of, like, completes a fit, you know what I mean? Like, the oh, yeah. classic, like... White Air Force's jeans and, like, a Leafs are, like... Even, like, we saw Goldberg have, like, the Vladdy jersey. Just, like, the, the, yeah. the classic Blue Jays with the jeans and White Air Force fit. Dudes love that. But, I mean, there's a lot of cool jerseys that I saw. So, oh, like, yeah. if you guys are ever thinking of throwing a party, and obviously if you're going to invite us, definitely make it a jersey party. Because I thought that kind of added a little bit of an extra yeah. incentive to go. I think the coolest jersey that I saw, though, was... Probably that Byfield, the guy that had the yeah. Clinton Byfield LA oh, Kings jersey. Because yeah. oh, yeah. you don't really see – when it comes to hockey jerseys, you only really see, like, Matthews, McDavid, and I stuff know. like I know. That
1: was my first time seeing a Byfield jersey, at least, like, in person. I mean, I uh, I guess we want to keep it to hockey, but there was a nice uh, Giannis box jersey. I saw that. Football. That was
0: uh, – Monik had that. He had, like, the Greek uh, Giannis jersey. That was Yeah, sweet. like,
1: a lot of cool jerseys. And, yeah, whether you're doing a Super Bowl party or a, a party, a uh, house party, whatever it is um, – whether there's alcohol involved or not, you know, like it's it's fun to do a, a nice theme there, so.
0: Yeah, spice it up a little bit too. If you're going to a party, especially a jersey party, don't wear the classic Blue Jays jersey. I know I have one too, but it's just like I see way too many of them. Although the jerseys are nice and, you know, lots of Blue Jay fans out there, but we, we can't be doing that. But uh yeah, no, it was a sweet party for sure. Kind of looking at the Saturday that was kind of we laid low a little bit, chilled yeah, out, yeah. got a lot of homework done, which is always nice to do cuz i'm looking at my week this week and it's a little bit chiller yeah like I, I won't let bit. you
1: bring up your 8 a.m this week i won't let you mention that so
0: oh yeah brutal <laughs> i got the 8 a.m tomorrow morning which always hey i know you're you're
1: really yeah. stoked about that but yeah. i i did forget to mention this sunday so i'll let you kind of talk about that a little
0: yeah so after saturday which was kind of chill we got up early sunday you went to work early seven o'clock i got my nice little sleep in woke up at like 10.30, headed to the card show, um, the one m card show in, is it Ontario Street? I think. Yeah, Ontario Street. So it's like 327 Ontario Street in St. Catharines. But once every month, usual card show, saw all the boys there, chatted with everyone. But one thing that we did see, some guy that was set up at the table, he had, I didn't see too much about it, but it was like a hockey hardware game or something. Yeah, like that. So, so
1: I went by the table. First off, I uh, I saw I saw his jersey, and I was like, oh, it looks um, – the jersey looks very similar to the Henderson Silver Knights in the AHL and their jerseys. So I I mentioned that to him. I was like, oh, like um, are you a brand related to the you know a, a team or something? And then I I saw the game on the table and honestly, probably the coolest game that I've ever seen that I haven't played, if that makes sense. So um, pretty much this game is called Hockey Hardware, and they ha- currently have a pledge going on on their website. Um, Hockey Hardware, they have Instagram as well, and hopefully we can have them on the podcast at some point. But uh, it's an official game, hockeyhardware.com. And the current pledge uh is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, and they want to bring this game to life. They have an official trailer. Um again, it's very new, but the idea around this is around fantasy hockey. So kind of like how we had a big debate last week, we talked about fantasy players and their relevance in the real world um so this game pretty much values fantasy hockey aspects one i'll just mention one aspect of that which is like the waiver wire so obviously a waiver wire is when you can add players who are available and pretty much involve them in a transaction so you add them onto your team for a specific day or a specific week um but honestly really cool game really cool colors uh and we're excited to to hopefully work with them at some point so shout out to hockey hardware
0: Yeah, and like you mentioned, they do have that pledge, which has 12 days and four hours left on it. So hit up their website, hockeyhardware.com. We will be chatting with them in the future and hopefully playing a couple games because it did look like a lot of fun. But that's kind of what the weekend looked like for us. Obviously, we're going to get into that all-star topic. But first, we want to talk about a rematch. The Vancouver Canucks are going to be visiting the Boston Bruins this Thursday, February 8th at 7 p.m. So, Eric, if you want to kick that off for us.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm just super excited because a few weeks ago we were
0: talking about um, two of the top teams
1: in the league playing when it was the Bruins and the Jets. This feels like almost a month ago now, but as we look today... Um, the two teams tied for first in the league are the Bruins and the Canucks with 71 points in 49 games. They're a top of the league and I don't think anyone would have predicted both of these teams to be one and two. I I, I genuinely don't think it'd be possible to predict that, but um, I'm really excited for this game just because these teams don't play each other much, right? Like, like honestly, they they barely ever play each other. I want to say once to twice every year, you know, one home game, one away game. Um, And, and, they do pretty well against each other. I want to say, like, the last few years, it's been less competitive in Vancouver, and I think the Bruins probably had a big one last year. I don't remember when that was, but um i'm excited for this just because it's a game you don't always watch like i don't watch many canucks games and and when i do it's against your classic oilers or flames like this is a totally different matchup we're gonna see what the canucks are made of and hopefully what the bruins are made of uh in my eyes but yeah like reminiscing back to 2011 um that's kind of like i was only a bruins fan for a few years at the time i don't know about you obviously you're a bruins fan too but it, it was at that point where like it was the Prime Bruins, Milan Lucic, Nathan Horton, uh, and then you're playing guys like Kevin Bieksa, who now is obviously a big, big podcast guy, big sports net guy. Uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's always on air, so like it just
0: makes you think of like the great, the great days, right? No, exactly. And like you mentioned, so the Vancouver Canucks in the past, I want to call it around 13 years, so since the 2010-11 season, are 10 and 10 against the Bruins. So these guys are dead locked in. Even every matchup, you can always count to be close, good, whatever you want to call it, exciting. So I'm definitely looking forward to that matchup. Another incentive to go and watch that is Elias Lindholm's second game. So he's going to kind of get his feet wet tonight versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks aren't home for a little bit. But they will be visiting the Bruins, and that's going to be Elias Lindholm's first time playing in TD Garden wearing a Vancouver Canucks jersey. Huge, so huge. We could touch up on that trade. I don't know if you want to talk about that before we yeah, move on. Yeah, uh,
1: it is posted on our page for anyone who wants to kind of look at the details. It's a little big for us to just mention right on the pod. But um, I will first mention that his game tonight is against his team that drafted him, the Carolina Hurricanes. That's pretty damn sick. Um, so I guess to get into the trade, um we saw a classic hockey trade that you don't always get to see like it was a clean trade where you have two I want to say well-known names I know Kuzmenko's not super well known but you basically had an Elias Lindholm for Kuzmenko plus kind of trade and and we saw um we saw that Elias Lindholm was the top of the trade board for a while and I think that's why like vancouver kicked tires just because they they saw that we're you know we're 50 games into the season almost and you know if we don't get a guy like lynn now who are we going to get in a few weeks right we see a guy like monahan's gone now too but that i think that trade was was fair i i don't really have like a, a opinion on who won but i think it's fair
0: yeah we don't usually see in the nhl or even in business in general like when we talk cards or whatever it is like you don't see a deal that is always just 50 50 fair and i feel like Although this deal kind of leans for me a little bit towards Calgary, and that is because at the end of the season, I believe Lindholm's a free agent. I think he's an RFA, which kind of is in favor of the Canucks. But at the same time, for the Calgary Flames, obviously receiving. So the trade details were Calgary receives Kuzmenko, two defenseman prospects who are both playing pretty well, and a 2024 first-round and 2024 fourth-round pick. Oh, yeah. So definitely a big haul for Lindholm, but for me, that's kind of the price that has to be paid for a center of his caliber that could play those first-line minutes. Um, definitely something that, you know, going into the trade deadline that is March 8th, I believe, will be a trend for a lot of teams looking for center depth and definitely looking to push their chips to the center and go all-in. Yeah, to
1: talk about all-in, That that's kind of like – I don't know. This Canucks team is obviously the best team we've seen in a while, but I think it's going to be like the best regular season Canucks team we see in a long time. Like, I I just think that being first in the West is an incredible accomplishment. I think it's, I don't know how to say it, but I think it's a lot harder than being, being first in the East is. And part of that is just to do with um, the inconsistency in the East. Usually like, you know um, you always have teams like, like, Toronto near the top, but it seems like the playoffs is where it really matters in the in the East. But then for the West, it's like okay, like wow, this team's a powerhouse. They're top three in the thing. Like obviously, Colorado is one of those teams that usually is is up there, and it's like wow. You know they're a powerhouse just because of their regular season finish, but it's like it's more wide open in the East. Like A good example being Florida beating Boston in the first round last year. Like You know what I'm trying to say there?
0: Oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot of firepower in the West right now. And to see the Canucks making a big move, it almost makes teams like Colorado or Edmonton, maybe even a team like Vancouver, kind of take a step back and say, okay, you know what? We're not just going to be you know we're not like this play that we have right now this roster might not be sufficient because of how well other teams are playing we need to go out and we need to make moves and looking at another trade that happened we saw um we saw the winnipeg jets acquire sean monahan which we're going to get into later as well we had a caller chat a little bit about that but for me talking about that trade another deal that just kind of i think is going to work out for both teams like for both gms after shaking hands you got to turn around and both of them kind of have a smile on their face. I'm sure not in a way that, Oh, I just finessed the other franchise, but you know, I yeah. think that was a fair deal. I feel pretty good about it. What do you think? Yeah, but I, I totally agree.
1: Best interests of, sorry, the best interests of each team. Um, it's pretty t- interesting to know what I think that out of the two trades that happened for Monaghan in the last like little while, I believe that Montreal gets two first in total because it's like the one plus the one. and, and it really just says a lot about a player's value uh, um, based on their contract, right? And it's like Monahan's value. A lot of it comes from the the term and the uh, contract that he's on. So, like, I I love the trade for Winnipeg in the sense that I think Monahan is going to play a a role that. Paul Stassen used to play on that team. And I, I don't know if you remember his impact, but he was a veteran. He did well for them. Um, he kind of filled that role that like Brian Little used to have when when he was kind of on the decline. Um, but but Winnipeg needs that. Again, like if you want to compete in the West, you need you need to be able to beat the top teams. And, and um, I, although I'm not able to predict the future, I, I like 99% think there's going to be a first round matchup that includes... One of, or sorry, two of these three teams—the Jets, the Oilers, and the Canucks—Canadian matchup. I don't know why I'm feeling that, but that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely a juiced up matchup for sure. And like you said, I can confirm that Sean Monahan has been worth two first round picks for the Montreal wow. Canadiens. So definitely some savvy moves by the GM over there. And when you look at Sean Monaghan, I know a lot of people weren't impressed with what he went for because, you know, you don't look at Sean Monaghan and say we want to give up a first round pick for him, like. But when you really break it down and you look at the details, so first of all, Sean Monahan was sorry, the cost of Sean Monahan for the Winnipeg Jets was a first round pick and a conditional third round pick. That condition, you might ask, is worth a Stanley Cup. So if the Winnipeg Jets do win a Stanley Cup this season, then Montreal will receive a 2027 third round pick. Okay. So a little interesting gives the Jets 3 years to kind of recoup that pick if something does happen obviously if something does happen they win a stanley cup so a great trade for me and then even looking like you said his salary what he makes the aav is just so low just slightly under two million dollars oh yeah for a player that could borderline step up and command that first line center role obviously you have Scheifele, perfetti fighting for that center role but you know in the playoffs you almost need three lines that are ready to go and then that fourth line that could kind of hold it down for 40 to 55 seconds on a shift so very impressed with that Winnipeg Jets trade and very, very impressed with the Montreal Canadiens and what they've brought to kind of their rebuild.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm glad we can talk about that, that rebuild in a bit for the Habs just because it's we're only in the year 2024, but in a few years that could look so different for the Habs, the Jets, whatever team. We don't know who's going to be rebuilding in, in that time, right?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But f- at least for Montreal, you can kind of look at all the positives that have happened in the – past couple months, even like the last year, obviously drafting pretty well. So if you're a Montreal fan, you have to be pretty ecstatic. And if you are a Montreal resident, you have to be even more excited just because next year it's been announced, it's official, the four-nation face-off will happen. So it will be in Montreal and the other location will be in Boston. So if you want to break it down for us, Eric, it will be Canada, US, Finland, and Sweden competing in this NHL-only tournament.
1: Yeah, so the biggest thing i guess that stands out to me is it's an nhl only tournament and like that in itself is a very controversial topic for a lot of fans and um i'm going to kind of reloop a little bit to one of our tiktoks that we posted of our roster for team finland and we originally posted this roster for 2026 in the olympics and what we didn't consider was any any players outside the nhl and that's truly because i don't watch any liga Finnish hockey and i I don't think you do either and and it made me really recuperate and say okay maybe maybe we should have constructed this roster differently that being said that 2026 roster we've projected is going to look a lot closer to the 2025 one now because european hockey will continue to run while this tournament's on which is a little crazy to me but the world can't stop for everything right so um it's an interesting topic it's a tournament that hasn't been done but doesn't require that much planning because there's only four teams right so it's going to be a shorter tournament than a lot of uh, a lot of hockey tournaments we see
0: yeah i wanted to make sure that if we were going to talk about anything that did happen this all-star weekend regarding the tournament i wanted to be able to say that i listened to a lot of what you know gary bettman and his peers if you want to call it were thinking so listening to his interview It kind of sounded like they wanted to have just these four nations because obviously with the minimal amount of time there is to set up the tournament, they want to make sure it runs smoothly, right? They want to have firepower there, the top four nations, and that's it. At the end of the day, looking forward, we'll see what happens because his main goal was he wanted to have, so starting, the four nations face-off. And then two years later, he wanted to have the Olympics. Two years later, four nations face-off two years later the olympic so almost like a cycle going forward of best on best international hockey and i don't think if you kind of jump into that you know adding the Czech, adding sorry adding um czechia adding germany all these other countries that are interested in playing and obviously do have a lot of star power if you do add them quickly and the tournament isn't run smoothly and well it's gonna be hard for years to come. The oh, yeah. tournament to continue. So a good move by Gary Bettman, a savvy move, and I believe hockey fans are finally starting to warm up a little bit oh, to yeah. the idea of what he's turned into uh, a very exciting mm-hmm. NHL season. And yeah,
1: it's huge, huge for Bettman, who's obviously been around for a long time now. We were looking at that, but one thing I wasn't too too sure about was how long this four nations faceoff would would last. If it would just be a one time NHL event, or and if it would lead to the World Cup of Hockey being called the World Cup of Hockey in those two years other than the Olympics, right? Well, I
0: I think that's what their goal was to have. That's what he was talking about. So having that, I guess, Four Nations face-off slash World Cup of Hockey is what they're interested in doing again. And then two years later, having the Olympics. So it's almost like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, you are a soccer fan watching the Euro Cup. Mm -hmm. and then watching the world cup so that happens every two years i'm pretty sure exactly yeah
1: i was literally talking to someone about that today that's that's hilarious an
0: interesting kind of tactic to kind of just take on from one of the most watched sports in the entire world i'd say yeah so a good move by gary bettman and finally we will be seeing best on best hockey which i'm sure every hockey fan could go to work this morning smile about and you know be proud that we're gonna finally watch some good hockey here.
1: I, I know. I, I'm I'm stoked, and like again, nothing beats a, a hockey when you can know that you're not just gonna be watching it one day, but it's gonna be on seven days from that time, right? Like it's like watch the first game, knowing that there's a round robin, there's gonna be semis slash finals. It's it's great to know that there's. Um, Hockey coming up and that it's scheduled to happen and it will happen, right?
0: Exactly. A lot of good hockey too. So, 2026, the NHL will be joining the Olympics. And 2030, one of the biggest conversations, I think, for Gary Bettman and his crew was, you know, who will be paying for this tournament how will this benefit the nhl and when they looked at it i believe that double ihf stepped up and said you know what we will be taking the bill for this one and it's always nice when someone yeah. says you know i'll grab the bill so i think gary bettman was very uh very happy when he heard that because that was one of the biggest discussions another one was the television right so how the nhl can use the footage from this tournament so all these little things gary was saying will be developed slowly but at the end of the day he was saying, let's all be happy. It's been announced. It's official. And we'll take it day by day from here on out. So I'm very ecstatic about it. I'm very excited. And I'm most definitely looking to, looking forward to scoop either a Connor McDavid Team Canada jersey or an Austin Matthews Team USA jersey. Ooh. I just haven't decided yet. I, haven't I know. Decided.
1: I know. That's that's even, that's even a debate in itself of like if you're going to rep a Team USA jersey, it, it almost has to be. Austin Matthews. And if you rep a team Canada jersey, it could be anybody. So if you're really stoked for Matthews, it's kind of the one guy you could get. Um, I mean, on my mind, I I wouldn't mind a Charlie McAvoy team USA That would be pretty
0: cool. Even just getting, like, any sort of jersey of, like, these you know they're all star players either way you can't really go wrong and we've had so many discussions about just what jerseys to buy and this weekend we were going back and forth for so long <laughs> and i finally started to warm up to the nhl all-star game jerseys because yeah. there was i believe blue red white and yellow and i think i kind of made my decision i want to get a white one i'm gonna get probably a david yeah. Pasternak jersey or mcdavid yeah and i think it might be a trend a little bit especially if oh such in a two trend. years such where a trend. Oh, you can goodness. get you know, NHL All-Star game jerseys, because you got the one last year of McDavid. It was so sick. So I think I got to kind of hop on the bandwagon. But like we said we would do, we want to take a look at the NHL All-Star game as a whole because we didn't really miss much. And for me, just to kind of put it out there, I was very impressed with the NHL. I was very excited. I I liked it. And I was, you know, I I was impressed with how it went.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, honestly, I'll start with something. I'll start with the one thing that I liked about the All-Star game. Um, it's gonna be a lot easier for me to, to say what I liked rather than what I disliked. But I think the, the one thing I liked was the competitive edge in those close games for not only the All-Star Games on Saturday, but also that PWHL game where it was close enough where you got to watch good hockey and you saw, you know, players try a few things, but it wasn't it wasn't a joke and it wasn't just loosey goosey hockey. So that was probably my my like.
0: Well, actually, I don't know if you're too much of a Elliot Friedman guy, but you know me, I always listen to his podcast. Yeah. And listening to his podcast yesterday at the gym, he was chatting about how there was quote unquote a couple complaints about Ooh. Team Matthews with their face off tactics. So I guess they were Whoa. getting a little bit savvy maybe using the opportunity of lightness from referees where you know referees aren't really buckling down on who has their stick down first cheating a little bit before the face-off so you know you don't really want to be that guy that kind of flat out says like okay what are you guys doing it's just an all-star game but it turns out that after the tournament was done there was a couple whispers coming through the crack saying you know team matthews really took that thing serious i mean how can you not take it serious in your own town? We yeah. saw Austin Matthews win the MVP, <laughs> score that amazing goal on Hullabuck, right in the middle of the slot. Just winds up a clap oh, on. yeah. It was hilarious. That was,
1: that was really nice to see. I mean, it's like why, why you kind of have to give him the MVP unless he didn't do anything. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know how to explain it. it it's there's always going to be controversy, but at the end of the day, you want to make the fans happy. And does it
0: really matter who wins the MVP? No, like not it, really. I mean. Obviously, the only one that really mattered to the players, I think, was the MVP technically of the skills competition, which to touch on that a little bit, I mean, I was pretty impressed with how, you know, exciting some of the events were. Obviously, some of the players, like we saw Kucherov, I don't want to get into it too much, but it's a little bit disappointing that a player would, you know, kind of show up and not try and was visibly, uh, to bring it up again, Elliot Friedman did talk about an article that was written where... The title of it was Kucherov Embraces Enemy in 2026 Toronto All-Star Game. So just for a player to kind of show up, be lazy. And it's not saying, like, feel forced to come and try hard. But maybe, you know, don't. I don't know how it worked. Maybe they asked them, do you want to participate? Maybe they said, you are going to participate. But yeah someone has to take a look at some of these player tendencies. Like, I could have told you that, obviously, Kucherov didn't want to show up and try his hardest compared to a player like Matthew Barzell. Like, I feel like that's pretty common yeah. knowledge to hockey fans.
1: I think, honestly, Kucherov got stuck in that spot where he he uh, wasn't having luck with the accuracy shooting, and so he had to take it lightly. Like, if you miss four shots in a row on the accuracy shooting, it doesn't mean you're not trying. It, it's not easy to hit these targets. So it's like, I think for him, he's like, I got to lighten the mood a little and le- at least make it like embrace it a little, yeah, like, like, like you were you saying. Don't, you don't
0: want to like feel like embarrassed, right? Yeah.
1: So. And we saw a lot of guys lose the puck in that exactly. skating thing, which again, it doesn't yep. mean they're not trying. It's just, it, it's almost like you got to, you got to embrace it and you got to like, Make the fans know that you are having fun, kind of, and not just there for uh, for one of those loosey goosey skates, like I was saying.
0: Oh, most definitely. I thought the All Star Game skills competition went very well, and I know you touched on the PWHL game that happened. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it, but I know you were very, you were talking very highly of the opportunity that these players were given, because I think for sure it was definitely a great idea to yeah. bring them on and kind of. Not like what's the best word to say? Maybe like expose them a little bit more to an audience that is there to watch the male aspect of the All Star Game, but also giving them the opportunity to watch the very talented PWHL females that are yeah. playing. And I thought it was a great, you know, idea. Whose idea it was, and the game went really well. Like there was oh, yeah. a lot of star power playing in that game. Yeah, a
1: lot of star power. Um, I I don't know who my kind of stud standout was in that game, just because it was it was some really nice goals. Um, obviously there was the hat trick we saw there, but to watch PWHL hockey and see, you know, call it the best players, um, is just great for, you know, attention and, and marketing and promotional things. And for me, I really would like to learn more about each team. And I know there's six, I believe, but I, I don't know enough about each team. And so watching that, I at least had a sense of where these players came from. You know their origins, whether they played in the NCAA, maybe how old the how old they were, right? A lot of them are still in their twenties, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, it was about like trying to learn those little things that you don't always need to ask questions for, right? So it was a good game. It was Team Claus versus Team King, and I believe Team King, Team King won six five, to five to three. I think five it to was. three, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not six, them, but five to three, and. Honestly, great opportunity for the PWHL. It leaves room for more, too. That's that's the biggest thing. Is
0: Exactly. that. That's It's kind of like an open-ended question, like where does the PWHL go from here? And one of the biggest things was when the PWHL started, there was a lot of questions regarding how the NHL and the PWHL would work in harmony, and it seems like they're doing just that because the NHL is embracing the sport, which is very exciting, and it almost gives the opportunity to kind of influence younger females that want to play the game so for me we won't talk about it for too long because i know we could talk forever about it yeah. but i was very impressed with the move and like you were talking about some of your favorite players from the PAW, pwhl is uh you know me i'm a big renata fast fan so okay, yeah, yeah. i thought she was uh playing pretty well and uh yeah i don't know marie philippe poulain can't go wrong yeah, with her yeah, poulain, obviously eh? you don't see a lot of maybe extreme effort coming from these players in all-star game but good
1: good hockey great hockey and and exactly kind of uh brings me to a little quick story i know we don't have all the time in the world but uh our one buddy wanted to bet on poulant to score and i did stop him from that um he did have or sorry she did have three assists which was pretty awesome but i was like listen let's watch the game let's enjoy um and honestly it was pretty great to watch um so yeah
0: Yeah, great to watch for sure. But now we're going to transition into our great to hear segment where we're going to have a couple callers that called in. We opened up the phone lines. And if you are a listener and are interested in calling in for next week, next week's episode, send me a text, hit me up, DM us, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. Yeah. So first off, we're going to have caller Wilkie Matthew coming in from Mississauga. So. Hey, what's up, fellas? It's Wilkie here from uh, Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on the current Hab situation going on right now. Obviously, they just traded a uh, high-value center in Sean Monahan to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they still got some value in net and Jake Allen that I'm sure some contending teams would love to have. But uh, I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, what the next moves for this team should look like moving forward and uh, you know what success looks like for this team's future. Um, obviously with that young core growing up and uh, that deep prospect pool, I just wanted to hear what you guys think, uh, uh, you know, when success happens for this team and what it looks like for them, uh, you know, moving forward into the future. Thanks guys. Keep up the great work.
1: Okay, awesome. I'm going to let you answer that question since I know you're a big uh, original six guy. So why don't you you wrap that one up?
0: Yeah, I'm going to open up this question and then you could kind of piggyback and see what you have to say about my take here. But I think, obviously, Wilkie, thanks for uh, the call. I'm sure Eric appreciates it as well. Of course. So me, I'm a big fan of what Montreal has kind of built. Obviously, they made the Stanley Cup finals just a couple years ago and they've transitioned to maybe not a full rebuild just because of how well some of their young Talent has turned out, but definitely transitioned into more of a like a bubble playoff. To, like I, w- I would say, they're almost a bubble to make the playoffs, a bubble to have the first overall pick. So they're kind of in a weird spot right now. However, they're not in a weird spot where they don't have talent coming up in the minors. We've seen Owen Beck, David Reinbacher, Logan Mayu, a lot of young talent that will be playing on the team in just a couple years. So for anyone that has played poker before. Hmm. You might know this phrase, but when you have pocket rockets, do you know what those are? No clue. It's when you have double aces. It's one of my favorite hands to have when you're playing poker. Yeah. So right now, I think the Montreal Canadiens do have pocket rockets, or as interesting, or as Matthew Wilkie does like to say, pocket Rockies. So All right. I, I'm very impressed with what they've done, obviously, with that Sean Monaghan trade. And to kind of finalize the question that you did, did ask, I just think that success for the Montreal Canadiens look like What does it look like? I think it looks like being healthy, making good trades, and having a lot of players, young players, getting development at the NHL level. So obviously Kirby Doc has been hurt, but keeping him at the NHL level, Suzuki playing, Caulfield playing, and a lot of those young guys.
1: Yeah, honestly, you said it all pretty well. I don't have too much to say other than I agree with the idea that you need to develop most of them at the NHL level, including Slavkovsky, including Duck. Um, But you do need to give them some veteran support. And, And by losing Sean Monahan, that's the only area of concern that I can see is if you have a guy... You have a few veterans on that team, one being Brennan Gallagher, who is often hurt. When you have guys that are out of the lineup like Gallagher, a guy like Monahan, who's traded now, guys like um, UL me is a great example, but you, you need those guys in the lineup to not only be leaders on the ice but in the locker room. So um, definitely a great question by uh, Wilkie there. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so next up we're going to go with our buddy Ethan who called in, and he is going to inquire about Matthew Boldy. Hey, boys, this Ethan calling from Ottawa um love the pod love what you guys are doing keep it up uh i just got one question for you guys today i'm a huge minnesota wild fan i love matt boldy i uh, just wanted to hear your opinions on like if you think he has what it takes to like take it to the next level become that superstar or is he always going to be in like a pretty shadow thanks boys so I don't know if you want to take this one, but...
1: Um, yeah, I'll give a brief overview. I know you you definitely followed the Wild a little uh, Little background. I, I actually was a big Wild fan growing up too when they had uh, a lot of those, those veterans who are still playing, um, one being Zach Parise who had his debut with the Avs last night. Um, to get away from that and to answer your question, Ethan, um, it's a great question. I think that Matthew Boldy has incredible potential. But I don't think that he's going to be able to reach um, Kaprizov's level of talent. I, I think that he has um, he has what you call that, that grit that maybe Kaprizov has, maybe he doesn't. But I think Boldy um, can make just as big of an impact as Kaprizov without putting as many points on the score sheet. I think Boldy can really make the players around him better and studs, while I think Kaprizov has that 50-goal potential. And I think they're different players, which is awesome because... They're both left wings. They both can play on line one and two and make their top six great. But honestly, when you look outside that top six, it's a little different. So I think you need them on separate lines. I think Boldy's potential, um, honestly, could be a I want to say thirty-five goal, fifty assist guy, which would be eighty-five points. And and when I say potential, I think. That would be his his max potential now, um, yeah. That, that's kind of what I have to say about Boldy. Great question, and Anthony, if you want to talk about that too.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Not too much more to say, but I do have a small announcement to actually make because there was some breaking news. And shout out me for almost being a little bit active here. Oh, but we do have some breaking news, and although wow. this won't really break the bank, but a player has been placed on waivers and their contract has been terminated. Oh my gosh! As of right now, can
1: I can I guess?
0: yes I'll, I'll break it down for you a little bit so this player does play for the rangers and to help you out a little bit it seems like their contract will be terminated because they did not want to reassign to their ahl team
1: wow okay uh, that that this is interesting i i thought i thought you were gonna talk about a guy on maybe the wild or something i don't really have a clue what is it is it ryan lingren
0: So the player is Nick Bonino. So he is now on unconditional waivers for the purpose of contract termination per Elliott Friedman. So it seems like the Rangers gave him up until the All-Star break to make a decision. They were looking to send him down. And obviously for a player that's a little bit older, he's not trying to play almost like what Cal Clifford's doing right now, making some money, playing in the AHL. So maybe, I don't know if he's going to hang up the skates or look to play for another team that will have him in that you know, top 12 forward, but a little bit interesting. And I, I just want to shout out myself for being active on the Twitter machine. as hey, well. Hey, good, you know? good for so, you. I know
1: you. I know you're a big Twitter guy. We, we've talked about it before. I got to be a little more active when it comes to maybe posting some news on our, our newly formed Twitter as well. But um, yeah. Um, it's all good.
0: It's yeah. all good. All right. Well, well, let's finish up with one more question coming from our buddy, also from Ottawa. Shout out Michael Delonzo for this call here. Hey guys, uh, Michael uh, from Ottawa listening in here. I just recently found you guys and just want to say love the energy you bring in, love the content. Um, Just a quick question here about my Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, With how well Martin Jones has stepped up in the absence of Wall, uh, my question becomes if slash when Wall does come back, Like how is their goaltenders going to look? Do you drop Samsonov back down to the Marlies? Do you drop Jones to the Marlies? Maybe put Wall there. I was not sure which two you would have, especially looking forward towards the playoffs. Thanks.
1: I'll let you take that one, Anthony.
0: Yeah, so I think, obviously, appreciate the call, Michael. Uh, Really good question. And I actually like, there's one aspect of his question that I like the most. He said, if slash when joseph wall returns because we don't know if he will return oh, obviously I know. he is injured which you know an injury he could wake up today feel great and then tomorrow wakes up re-aggravates it and obviously we would not hope for that at all as you know Leaf never, supporters never. but uh, not me but yeah <laughs> bringing the aspect of what will happen following that i just think that you know it sucks for martin jones but i don't feel like they're gonna make the decision where samsonov is uh, not taken ahead of Martin Jones. Although he did play well, Samsonov looks like, I don't want to say his, he's back or it's his team again, but he is showing signs that his play has improved. And I know you are very confident to say, you know, let's not just say he's back. Let's not say, like, it's his team again. Let's not say this and that. So I will say that it does look like a positive that Samsonov will be playing. So for me, I think that it will be Samsonov and joseph wall again i believe his contract allows martin jones to be placed on waivers where any team can then go and pick him up so i don't know if martin jones will be a toronto maple leaf looking in the future but if you want to touch up on this subject go right ahead
1: yeah um again great question michael and it's it's nice to talk about a guy like martin jones just because uh it's obviously there's been some quiet news he hasn't played a game in over a week um and i actually probably over two weeks you can check that for me Sance, but I think Martin Jones deserves more hockey with the Leafs. He's he's shown that he can play good teams, mid-teams, no matter who it is. Um, but I agree with Sance that I think Elias Samsonov will stay at that NHL level, which means Martin Jones may have to be sent down at some point. But with my opinion on Joseph Wall, there's no need to rush him back. And it's simply because he's only played, call it, 50-something games in the NHL. Like He, he actually hasn't played that much hockey Um, while people kinda think he's he's that guy, I don't really know uh I I don't think we can really say that right now and it's it's a tough topic, but it's uh I'm I'm really happy you asked that question.
0: Yeah, it'd be hard to say because Joseph Walls only played twenty six NHL games right now. And if you look back, a lot of those I'd say has been Him kind of coming in mid-game, like I know last year in the playoffs, he probably came in and played, what, like two games in relief of uh, Samsonov or maybe it was one where Samsonov got hurt. So last year he played seven games, for them being in the playoffs. The year before that was four regular season games where he did win three and lose one. This year he's played 15 games. And something for me regarding Joseph Wall that has scared me a little bit Is Leafs fans think he's just going to be the savior, right? Like he's just going to come in. He's going to be fantastic just like he was before. We haven't seen enough of this guy. Drafted in the third round, 62nd overall, although he is a great player. I just don't know if you could put your chips in him. I, I don't really believe that. Like you were asking me to check up, the last game that Martin Jones did play was on January 20th. At Vancouver, and if you remember, a little bit of a barn burner they lost six to four. But mm. I remember watching that game, and he did look pretty good. So I don't, yeah. you know, I, I I didn't hate his play there, but to kind of write him off and say, thanks, Bud, for the last what two and a half weeks, where yeah. we absolutely we're just riding on yeah. your shoulders, and we'll see you later. It looks like he might get the start at Dallas, February seventh. So. Yeah. For me, I'm saying start with Wall. Wall's going to be the starter in the playoffs with Samsonov at the backup role. I just can't see the Leafs getting rid of Samsonov with how he's been playing. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll see, right? We've seen teams make it work with more than one goalie playing in the playoffs. One example being the Caps when they had Grubauer and, man, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, Grubauer. And uh, what's his name? who played with Grubauer on the caps whether it doesn't Vanacek matter who man? it is it wasn't van back in the day it was uh before hope the year was they there. won the cup no no back like back in the day um we'll have to fact check that but um that's all that's okay i think that's a wrap on our pod for uh episode 14 so appreciate all the callers um really good questions and we'd love to collaborate with more viewers um and yeah thanks anthony
0: yeah appreciate it buddy been a pretty good podcast looking forward to next week for sure thanks everyone for uh, listening we'll chat next week
1: for sure cheers
0: cheers